tumultuous week a lot of highs and lows and it is a it is once again a chilly night here in the nation's capital i think i still have a hangover from uh hanging out with my family in orlando uh as much as i love hoodies uh flip-flops are a lot better but tonight we have a treat for you uh two of these guys uh i've corralled they're you know i've, I've made them wait because i've been at a at a bar at a happy hour talking environmental policy with some some cute girls but these two dudes every time that i read them over the years both of them uh, make me jealous that i didn't think about the things that they say even though you know i got my own thing here and there you know yeah yeah i'm confident in my own abilities but both these dudes in their own unique ways always give you some an, an, like smartness some wiseness make it make it fun but but make you smarter uh and and once again i'm i'm really excited i've had a lot of people on this podcast uh you know kyle what's up kyle i know you're not listening every podcast i do i i gotta get a jab into mr truth about it but i'm really excited to have these two dudes up these two dudes on because they're they're gonna bring it, uh, Mr. Mr. Connor Dirks and Mr. John Townsend. Uh, let's start with you, Connor. What is up, bro? Hey, Adam. Hey, John. Uh, not much, man. It's just a cold, cold Thursday night, and uh, I'm still kind of burning. I was at the Lakers Wizards game last night, and uh, I have not recovered. It was terrible. Well, we're going we're to get into that. Uh, Mr. Mr. John, uh, what is up, dude? Yeah, I'm coming here watching my Packers, and they really suck. But somehow they're still in this game, and they have a chance. So, uh, while we talk hoops, I'm going to be watching the end of this. Uh, very humble after your wonderful uh, it, it, Thanksgiving? How, how was your Thanksgiving, fellas? Uh, Connor, uh, uh, your favorite side by chance? Uh, I had kind of a non-traditional Thanksgiving. I was in Florida, and my dad likes to go fishing. I don't eat fish. He <laughs> everyone else at that. I had, like, a few assorted vegetables. But my parents... You know, this is right. We had uh, we had some really good uh, pasta. <laughs> 
Well, I'm not gonna lie. That, that sounds pretty mediocre. Uh, 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 not your family time, but uh, your your food. John, John, any any good desserts? I, I had a pie. I was in a pie coma for about 24 hours on Friday. Is John out? Yeah, we had a we had a couple interesting things. My mom put my mom put uh she put uh, sweet potato in the pumpkin pie, which I would strongly recommend. It's really good, probably the best pumpkin pie I've had to date. Uh, and the the other nice thing, she usually makes like homemade whipped cream, which isn't like very difficult to do. You can do it in thirty seconds, but uh, she added bourbon and maple syrup to the mix. Uh, so if you're out there listening and you want to spice up your whipped cream, those are the two things you got to do. Dude, bourbon whipped cream. I didn't even know that existed. That sounds pretty fucking amazing. Yeah, that's good stuff. Good stuff. Well, speaking of... Like uh, four ingredients total, like heavy, heavy whipped cream. How about your favorite side? My stuffing... The stuffing was uh, homemade from my... Uh, stepdaughter's mom she made amazing stuffing uh you know i'm usually you know, i'm not a big fan of stuffing but usually this one i have to give it like you have to give it props how about yourself any good sides because you know the thing is the reason i ask about desserts and sides because i mean the turkey and the ham or whatever the main dish is already a given right to me it's always about kind of the size of the desserts No one, no one on side. Yeah, I made, I made bread, uh, bread pudding. Bread pudding. Yeah, I mean, I think the sides were good this year. Yeah, the sides, the sides were good this year, but uh, we put the turkey in an oven bag for the first time. Really? Um, so I was just eating turkey for days, like a twenty-three pound turkey, <laughs> and like even the white meat was moist. So I pretty much just ate turkey for breakfast. I ate turkey for lunch. I had turkey for dinner. I would go out and then get home and eat more turkey. Uh, so I pretty much yeah, just survived on turkey for like a good five days, and it was great. Well, I mean, that is the leftovers are definitely one of the uh, favorite things about the dinner. One of my favorite things, what I remember growing up, is my cousins, especially when I was of age in college, we would. We'd go out and, and hang out on the Friday, get all get all wasted, and come back and just raid the whole leftovers. <laughs> and we'd have like aunts and uncles wake up in the morning, and be like, "What happened to the leftovers?" It's like, yeah, uh, we supposed to, you know, it's, you know, maybe smoke some marijuana late at night, at some meals. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Lent is. Well, Connor, you talked about your, uh, you know, so-so uh, dinner. What a great segue to this this team uh the washington wizards your washington wizards are currently on december 3rd that we're recording this on a thursday night they they sit at seven and nine through 16 through 16 games it has been a tumultuous uh season so far very streaky i don't really want to like rehash all the things that i've said over all these podcasts i just want these two wise minds to give me their take before we you know, destroy a lot of negative pixels. You know, what up, Skinny T? Uh, Connor, you go first. Just your main takeaway, how you feel 16 games into the season so far, bro. Sure. So, uh, I think I'm a little disappointed, obviously, but it's not, you know, everyone was excited when uh, the season started. The Wizards looked great in preseason. They had a brand new kind of offense. Um, they're running out, they're starting out of order. Um, you got Dudley... 
Alan Anderson, um, Gary Neal, shooters, and Alan Anderson gets hurt. Uh, the regular season starts. And, you know, the offense does look good at times, but uh, the defense is in trouble, which is something that I just never really thought would happen. I thought that was kind of the benefit of having Randy Whitman as your coach, is that at least your defense would be good. Um, but that hasn't been the case really at all, and the Wizards are turning it over like crazy. So here we are. John, uh, give me some hot takes, bro. How do, you, how do you feel about this season so far? Yeah, I think I think Connor summed it up well there, and I I will I will say that their their offensive effort, uh, if there were offensive effort metrics, would be really well because they're passing the ball uh, quickly. The ball's not sticking, but the offense doesn't really look very good despite spending all that time uh, in the off season planning, training camp planning. Uh, so yeah, in addition, in addition to disappointing, I think. The season so far has been frustrating, too. Uh, a lot of people, you know, I think the over-under to start the year was something like 44 wins, maybe. Um, you know, I was one of many people who picked them to win 50. Uh, <laughs> these are like the, the same old Wizards who are always chasing that, that magical uh, win percentage at 500. Uh, so, you know, not at all impressive. Are, are you going to try to – are you, like, subtly calling me out for my uh, rosy uh, scenario predictions? I think I was the highest one uh, on our Truth About a Crew. I think I said, like, 52. I, I, I was I was trying to think the other day – this is before the Cavs game – like, like what they had to go to, to, to hit my 52 wins. And it was, like, 44 and 22, like, the rest of the year. I was like, shit, man. They are like – there's a better chance of me getting married this year, and I have no girlfriend than winning forty, winning the next two thirds of their game. <laughs> uh, but 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 overall, like aside from this this about the offense and the defense, like just what if like Connor, like what if you just you know, like what's your just overall sense when you watch this team on a night to night basis? Uh man, you know I just don't trust them. Uh, it's happened over and over, especially last night. They, they got off to such a hot start, and against the Cavs, too. Uh, it stuck more or less with the Cavs, but then the Lakers came back and scored, what, 34 points in the first quarter last night? The, the Wizards won the next two quarters uh, to varying degrees. And then in the fourth, it just seemed like the things that they did well started falling apart. You've got Otto and Beal, who sometimes look really good, looking terrible, like they couldn't hit anything. Um, and some a play that they hadn't been running a lot, uh, except for the last two games, the pick and roll with Gortat, all of a sudden was almost their entire offense, other than when Wallace took over on his own. So, honestly, I, you never really trust them to do one thing consistently. Uh, and it can be frustrating, like John said. You know, I, th- I think that you're correct. The last time I had uh, Rashad and, and Kyle on this podcast uh, last, well, I don't know, nine days ago, and, and, and the question to me was like, yo, like, who is this team? Like, what is this identity? And the, the point that Kyle continually made to me was like, well, we're about to find out. They have five games in seven days because the schedule has been just really weird, right? They played the Bucks twice, the Celtics right. twice, and the Magic twice. Right. And, 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 and of course, 
They've four of their seven wins are against the Magic and the Bucks. Even though the even though the the Magic are actually playing better currently than the Wizards, which is another weird thing about about sports. And Kyle was like, "Yo, dude, yo, hey man, we just, we'll find out who they are. Their identity is, you know, John Wall. It'll be this. It'll be that." And yo, bro, John, one and four, bro, one and yeah. f and fro. I don't know if you got a chance to watch these games over the holiday break. I don't want to get too much into the last five games because I did another podcast uh, with Mister uh, Hoop District, which everyone should listen to. We really went into these things and went into the Gortat quotes and like, what's up with John Wall and all those things. But I just want to get your sense of just watching, you know, like. Like, what we're talking about, like, who is this team? I didn't know. And then when it was like, okay, what is this team? They go one and four, and they're all demoralizing losses. And technically now they went two and five. John, like, yo, I mean, like, what do you think about this team when you when you think about them currently? <sighs> I, think, I think the lack of identity is, is really it. Because people talk about the House of Guards or the – BMW Parkway, like whatever silly nickname you want to give the backcourt. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, big panda, bro. Don't don't, don't hate him, my panda. <laughs> no, I, I, that's, you know that's that's the the solo shooting guard nickname, which, which I do like. But I know uh, you're talking about the backcourt, right? I mean, it all starts with yeah, backcourt. Like, is what you're saying, right? Yeah. So you, I mean, you have you have these two players who uh, have shown that they can be very good at basketball. Obviously, John Wall was an All Star. Bradley Beal is a guy who. Uh, is a very good three-point shooter who last year didn't shoot any threes um, and never gets to the free throw line. I, and I think that's, you know, I guess the biggest concern. But I, to, the point is that the, the lack of identity, the Wizards don't really have one besides continuing to say space and pace and hope that the pieces, you know, come together nicely. Um, and I know that when I was watching the Hornets game, well, I, I left actually you know, the 950 mark when the Wizards were up nine. Oh, um, God. Came back and sat down and <laughs> was just hadn't scored, like, any points um, over that span. And I had no idea what happened. So, obviously, I, I signed on to Twitter um, and just saw the horror uh, in 140 character bites. Uh, but, you historic know, horror, game, by the way. Historic. Historic horror. It's just that the Hornets' whole, you know, is greater than the sum of the Wizards' parts. The Wizards have all these players who, you know, have roles – are supposed to have roles, and for the for the majority of the season, they haven't really fulfilled um, any of the the expectations or responsibilities that they were given in the preseason. Connor, how much is, is it? Like every time I talk about the podcast, aside from talking about KD to DC, which by the way is not on this outline of this podcast, so so this will be maybe the first podcast we're not going to talk about that. Well, of course, we'll talk about it when when the next time they play uh, the, the Thunder. But sure. are we are we making too much about this pace in space? Like, like, is it is it this me just bitching about the four spot all the time? Is it is it us just like talking about like this new adjustment, this system, or how much is just well, this them just not playing fucking good basketball, man? You know what I mean? Well, what what's funny to me is that the pace aspect of pace in space seems like going like good, right? Yeah, I mean, but it's going well. They're, they've really got it down. They're like fourth in the NBA in pace, but I'm just not sure to what effect, you know, it, I don't know why the, the, the pace matters as much as it does to, to the team. I mean, so, so I mean, like, so if you're a coach, is important. so you've really nailed that condiment, but like the meal sucks. <laughs> right, like, exactly. Like, holy shit, the 
like everything. it's really it's it's funny because they they push the pace and then that you have like these two kind of stereotypical issues with teams that play fast uh, and I I don't know that it's connected but. Here it is, uh, you know, they're turning the ball over like crazy and the defense has been bad. And the thing about pace is that the other team is going to get almost just as many, if not as many or more possessions as you do when you play with pace. So if the other team is more efficient at scoring within those possessions, then you're going to lose. Uh, and the Wizards, they're, they're playing really fast and, and they're losing more often than they're winning. So uh, I'm not sure whether it's a good change. So, honest, I love the I love the space. I love the idea there, but uh, it seems like the wrong takeaway. John, uh, there has been no person that I know that has been more adamant against Randy Whitman's slogging offense, his two bigs, his. I mean, me and Connor both agree, but there's been no one that. I mean, you were kind of on the edge of all this about how, like, yo, like. Randy Whitman is just wrong for the modern NBA. Like this is terrible. You would you would you would write about it. You would endlessly break it down. Your arguments were fucking on point, succinct. And then you see how he kind of changed. You know, playoff Randy with with, with Paul Pierce and go small was was success. And the narrative changes, and then he embraces this. Of course, he doesn't really answer to me his questions that I have about like when did he change? Like what came to you? You know, then you would have Ted Leonsis blogging, the owner blogging about the same points that you're making, and yet the team would not change to this. So as you see this team struggle to do this, what are your thoughts? I mean, you're still in on this, right? I mean, we all agree that the modernization of the offense needs to happen. So what, I mean, is it is it a, a square peg in a, in a round hole? Like, what is just your takeaway of this? Because, like, I don't feel like, you know, I see some fucking bullshit comments about, oh, we should get the two bigs again. We know Gortat and Ane should not play together to, again. This is not successful. It, is, it, is it because we're just waiting for Kevin Durant next year or, or another stretch four? Like, what is your just takeaway? Have you seen the struggles of this modernization that we all agree and you've been very adamant to, to happen? Yeah, there's a couple points that are, I, th- I think the first one, the, the first point is that Whitman has been the one constant. I, someone on, on Twitter, I forget who it was, but he was tweeting at me that uh, pretty much every team that has gone through a rebuild has started completely fresh. And Whitman, out of you know the five or six examples that were offered in this, was the one guy who was promoted internally, you know, did a really good job, uh, got the Wizards to play defense, and obviously the Wizards he inherited uh, you know, included the likes of Andre Blotch, Nick Young, JaVale McGee, uh, which were a combination of, you know, great potential. Uh, they played no actual, defense. Zero defense. Yeah, little, <laughs> you know, limited actual basketball IQ and, and, you know, no real fucks given when it came to stopping the other team um, because all that stuff doesn't really show up in a, in, a, in a box score as nicely as, you know, points and rebounds do. You know, I guess they were great wins-produced players, uh, but probably not great NBA players. Uh, which is why, you know, a couple of them barely ever play, and then some of them, you know, including George Crawford, too, are now out of the NBA. So, but, you know, the other thing is that, uh, you know, Whitman is there. He's trying to adapt to an NBA uh, that has changed literally in front of his eyes. 
but they're not the only team to do this. And I think Connor, you know, brought this point up earlier this season that it would have been nice for the Wizards to have made this shift when it was still a relatively new thing. Uh, because this year you have the Magic, who are kind of playing, you know, more space and pacey. The Celtics are certainly doing it and doing it much better than the Wizards are. The Charlotte, Charlotte are doing this too, very right? well. The Raptors are doing it. I mean, you have Patrick Patterson reigning threes, causing terrible troubles for the Wizards' defense. I mean, they signed they, they, they signed a homeboy that killed the Wizards in the playoffs to play the four, right, Carroll? The Raptors. Yes, and Mark Carroll. I mean, he's he, he's a guy to do that. You know, the Bulls can kind of do it. The Pacers are certainly doing it. You know, Pistons uh, kind of. I mean, they have a great rebounder. Um, I mean, if you look around the league, there's like you know. 12 probably teams that are, are trying to do this more than they were doing it last year, with the obvious exception of the Lakers, who don't know what they're doing besides giving Kobe way too many shots. Um, and and maybe it's just tough because, you know, women is obviously still learning how this all works. You know, he was talking to Brad Stevens last year. Um, he's consulting people in the offseason, implementing this stuff. Um, and maybe that's just, you know, there's going to be adjustment period, obviously, but it may also be tough for players to, um, you know, be picking up these buy in, like buy strategies in. from like from a substitute teacher who like isn't you know isn't a master in the art. Well, you said you said you had two points. What's your other point that you were mentioning? I think I, think I put a, a, a couple there, but I know that you know I've heard Whitman described as uh, the Mark Jackson of these Wizards. Uh, Jesus Christ. And it, it seems apt, you know, the defense is there. And I, I guess the, the other main takeaway from all of this is that when you talk about team issues and with, with these Wizards, it changes nightly. You know, one, one day it's defense, another day it's turnovers, another day it's a complete inability to score. Um, you know, I think, I think the commentary that follows every one of these games is, is really funny um, because you've, you've, and to the, you know, the media, you have fans, you have all these people saying, oh, well, the Wizards don't have the personnel uh, to play small ball. And then, you know, a week later, they're playing small ball and sweeping the Raptors. Um, and then they go, oh, well, the Wizards, you know, they lack talent like they did this year. And then the Wizards blow out the Cavs in their, on their home court. With Dudley playing the five, uh, right? For like right, five they minutes, were, right? They were, uh, the Cavs were 9-0. and And then you have Ted Leonsis tweeting, you want a small ball? You got small ball. Jared oh Dudley God. at center. Good road win, did innovative he? experiment. And, and then, did he like, really now, tweet that? Did he yeah. really tweet that? He tweeted that? Yeah. Now, <sighs> now that, of course, they lack talent again. And, you know, it's just like a weird cycle, uh, which I think explains why the Wizards are 7-9. Are and nine, um, And, you know, firmly at the playoffs, at least. But you're still yeah. adamant that this is the modernization they need to do, right? You're just, you're just, you're just you, your, your point is that, like, uh, may, maybe Whitman, not that, like, you appreciate that Whitman's trying to do it, but that Whitman like, has kind of been agnostic, right, about this. And so he's not, like, buying in. So it's kind of hard he, to I see, like... I think he's bought in, but I think there are still perhaps too many gut feelings that go into some of the decision-making uh, when it comes to rotations um, or philosophies. Like, obviously, we're not really privy to what is said behind closed doors. Uh, but there's there's still a lot of questions that the Wizards have yet to answer this season, um, and I mean this this is the future of the NBA because you know most front offices uh, at least you know consult the numbers and statistics uh, even if they don't you know read them every night before they go to bed. 
but you also see the trend coming in where you have you know these high schoolers who are six nine, six ten, seven feet. Uh, you know, you can see them on YouTube. Ben Simmons, yeah. Jesus Christ! Have you seen watch yeah, that guy play? Oh my God! They're like they're like bigger kids, you know, playing playing the four, playing the five, and they're shooting threes. I mean, they they all look like Kevin Durant. Um, and and these are the this is like the next generation of player who's going to be coming into the league. Uh, and it'd be silly and very foolish to just be like, oh well, you can shoot a three point shot, so you're going to play small forward or shooting guard. Um, and no, you're not allowed to shoot a three pointer because because you know the traditional role that that everyone grew up watching. Uh, you know that player never did that. Yeah, are, are, are you referencing why Kevin Love hates uh, Randy Whitman because when he told him not to shoot threes for Minnesota, <laughs> which is actually yeah, very... I'm sure Chris Humphries was told the same thing. Well, it's, uh, it's, know, it's, yeah, Chris it's... Humphries was thinking about like, oh, my three balls wet, and I'm sure that you know until this summer, Whitman was like, don't you dare shoot a three pointer, and now the complete opposite is being said, where Randy Whitman is like, no, now you need to like flare after a screen and spot up for the open three. You know, maybe there's some disconnect there. Um, yeah, I know some of the players have been kind of frustrated uh, with what was going on internally. Maybe it was just, you know, the losses piling up is, is always frustrating for, uh, you know, whoever it is. But, you know, maybe there was some sort of, you know, discontent there between player and coach. But it's, it's hard to say definitively. Connor, uh, your take on the modernization of this offense and this mixed success that, that this team has had. And are we just hung up on – because, like, here's the deal. You, all three of us know that we do not want to buy into the narrative, right? Like, the thing is, like, that's why we blog. That's why we talk about this. This is why we do this because we are basically don't want to buy into, like, whatever the main narrative is. Is, is it really just about, like, oh, well, you know, they shouldn't have changed the offense. Pace and space isn't working. Like, they should go back to the other thing. Like, I just don't buy that that's my take, right? It's just, is, nah, nah, right? I mean, right? What's your take on, on this, right? We're woke as fuck at this blog. Right? Uh, we have yeah, to do this. No. The team has to do I mean, this, right? It's not, it's no, it's no longer really a luxury in terms of modernizing. It's, it, they have to do it to some extent. Um, I just don't see, uh, I don't see the pace aspect of it as being all that important, um, or at least not as important. I mean, Wall plays well fast, maybe, although he's turning it over at, at a career high rate, or oh, at we'll, least. Oh, we'll get into John Wall. We'll get into John Wall like this. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, it's it's a necessity to, to some extent to to modernize the offense. Uh, other teams have worked out the kinks faster. Uh, that's a little concerning. All right, let's talk about these effing games, right? Uh, the thing is, like, this podcast and what everyone listens to, I don't really talk about individually about these games. The last few times I talked about it because we, we like, you know, it was such a disaster, like demoralizing defeat, every single one. So I do this, I do this podcast with uh, Abdullah for Hoop District. You should listen to it. I, I, I uploaded one. Recently, there'll be another one up uh, in the morning on a Friday morning. And we just basically talked about all those games, what's up with John Wall, Martin Gortok's quotes, 
Like, what the hell is happening? We broke down the end of the Raptors game, which was a debacle. I actually, fellas, I don't really want to get in all your takes. They're probably the same as me. But then all of a sudden, and it was funny that when I re-listened to it to edit it, I, was, I still give like, well, hey, you know, if they win in Cleveland, this whole little negative pixels narrative will change. <laughs> and what do you know? They go to effing Cleveland. And not only did they win, bruh, like, like, it was the team that we – this is the team I thought would win 50 games. Like, immediately, John Wall is – I mean, I know Kyrie is not playing, but that don't matter, dude. Like, the Cavs are still have the best record, even without Kyrie. They're playing well. They hadn't lost at home forever. You know, I guess Kyle said they had lost to the Cavs, but before that, they hadn't lost in a long time. And immediately, on the jump, John Wall is in the passing lanes. He is – getting fast breaks, him and Marchin are running the two-man game crisply. Like, Marchin is, is a is a rim protector. He is shitting on the whole cast front line. Like, right off the jump, I was just like, wow, they're going to win this game. Like, I mean, I still felt, like you guys yeah. feel, that, that there's still some so wizards disappointing always lurking around the corner. But I felt like immediately, like right away, I was like, damn. Like, John Wall was engaged. He was up. Connor... Your takeaway of the Cavs game, you know, before we get to obviously the negative part, but just just watching that that, that Cleveland game. By the way, you ready? You ready, fans? It was a lot of fun <laughs> because there hasn't been that many fun games to watch. That was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. That was my right? biggest takeaway too. Is I, I had that much fun watching a Wizards game all season. <laughs> so much fun, right? Yeah, it was a rare, a rare joy in this. Uh... Jared Dudley's taking cast off the dribble. Like Beal's playing defense. His shot is not falling, but he's like making these defensive plays. Yep. John. No, it was great to see. John, Cavs game. Yeah, so I didn't I didn't see the, the Lakers game, so I'll let Connor Oh, we're uh, gonna go to that. Sure, Stay sure positive. One, Stay but, positive, bro. Right. So the, the Cavs <laughs> game was the, the Cavs game was nice. What what was frustrating during this uh, is that the uh, it wasn't a play by play guy, but I guess like the analyst uh, Austin Carr. Oh yeah, I was watching on NBA TV, yeah. and they had the Cavs broadcast crew. Former uh, Bullet, I believe, right? I think he played for the Bullets. Yeah, he, he did play for the Bullets for like thirty nine games at the end of his career, uh, just because he grew up in DC. Jazz, Jazz, uh, Jazz, Kevin Durant, Jazz, um, Jazz, Utah. Perhaps I don't know. You don't have to consult Basketball Reference. Cleveland and uh, Jazz, I believe. But keep going. I'm sorry, bro. Yeah, so anyway, Austin Carr was there, and he just kept saying that, you know, the Wizards were playing with pace, and the Cavs can't keep up with the Wizards' pace. And, you know, he'd, he'd notice that the Cavaliers were breathing hard. They didn't understand what was happening, and he was talking about how the, the Cavs weren't prepared for this the pace that the Wizards had. It's like, this is the pace I've been playing with all season. Um, and I, eventually, you know, at halftime, because he said it was the pace of the game that hurt the Cavs in the first half, I was like, all right, I... I've actually heard enough pace to last me like two weeks of basketball. Um, now, as we've already covered in this podcast, the Wizards uh, play basketball at a very high pace, and they're also pretty poor at doing that pace. Uh, they're like second in the league in average seconds per touch, second only to the Golden State Warriors. So they're moving the ball quickly. They take the third fewest dribbles per touch. Uh, so the players, the ball, you know, is only going to take like one point eight one dribbles per touch uh so all that looks really good but they have a losing record 
they just they're not fluid on offense. But you know, in the in the Cavs game, this changed, um, and it wasn't because they were playing faster than they usually did, uh, or that they had more fast break points than they usually do because they're like top five. I don't know what the actual statistic is at this point, but they're they're definitely top ten, probably top five, perhaps top three in fast break points per game. Um, but they were they were getting into the paint, uh, whether it was you know giving a quick post to uh, Gortat or triple penetration. You know when you get into the paint and the defense has to make a decision whether to cut off a basket uh, or cut off a driving angle and sort of sag off that three point shooter around the arc or not. That's where that's where the offense begins to actually click, work, and make sense, and where you begin to exploit all the the space you're out there trying to take advantage of. Uh, and I feel like too often this season, the Wizards have just passed it around the perimeter, letting the defense slide over as much as they want, switch if they would like to. Um, and while the Wizards were taking more threes, you know, the offense hadn't drastically changed uh, besides some of the sets being run three feet further away from the basket so that the, you know, the handoff ends up being a three-point attempt instead of an 18-foot uh, attempt. But in the Cavs game, they were in the paint all day. Obviously, that 44 points scored in the paint. Um, but, you know, I wrote extensively about this. Yes, you did. I'm going to link both of those. Really good, Uh, by the way. You know, it's it's great to get pain points, but when you you get into the paint, you destroy the defensive philosophy. It it makes people make decisions. You know, are they going to take a foul? Are they going to give open layups, which happened a lot? You know, Wall was super aggressive. Um, And it wasn't just, you know, him looking for a shot, which I think he did, you know, earlier in the week. It was... You know, it was getting in there to set up players. Uh, and the ball movement around the perimeter, you know, once the defense had been drawn in, was really easy. Making the extra extra pass was obvious. It didn't require a jump pass. It was very simply catching the ball, waiting for them to come out at you. And if they do, you put it to the, you know, to the next guy who, in some cases, you know, on a couple of cases, uh, was John Wall, who had enough space to really look at the basket, measure it. Uh, and he was hitting threes. He was three for five which is, you know, probably his best three-point shooting performance in a year and a half, I would say. To me, my, my notes of that game was John Wall was John Wall. Uh, Martin Gortat was the $60 million center. Uh, Jared Dudley was the pace and space stretch four. And there was defense, y'all. Like, like once again, stats don't lie. Maybe, maybe I should do a segment. Every time, and this is maybe a mainstream stat, but I don't give a shit. But it's true. The Wizards are 1-7 when they give up 100 points. And it's funny, as we sit here and talk about, you know, I have to modernize the offense and pace and space and push it, which means more points. But it still is fundamentally, and they're one, like, they just have not been good. In, like, the one, the one victory is against, uh, because uh, the Bucks they played, and and the one loss is is the Raptors games at home that they they totally messed up, and it's kind of bizarre when you think about it in that in that sense, but it was also when I looked at that 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 Cavs game, it was like LeBron would go to the rim, dog, and just suck. He turned it over, but it wasn't like I mean maybe you could argue as a Cavs fan like oh LeBron didn't have a good night, but to me it was like yo dude like. Like people were like pinching. They had they had a strategy, and I think Whitman actually gave quotes and there's in the post game quote that basically they kind of used the same kind of strategy that the Warriors had used. And I and I gave them some gave them some love. The coaches they basically were implemented a, a very effective defensive 
defensive strategy against the Cavs about how to create this. I mean, at one point, LeBron had more turnovers in the third quarter than the Wizards' whole team did, which was which we have not seen. Connor, how much is this of this defense and the offense? Because it's kind of like the chicken and the egg theory, or yin and yang, I, I have said, which I don't know if that really makes any sense. And me and Kyle will get in these discussions. It's like, oh, just, you know, I mean, we know Whitman's take, right? He's always going to say the defense will create the offense. But how much do you think what you saw in the Cavs game and how much is this, like, the offense will get better because the defense will get better, or will the offense get better because, it, you, know, you know what I mean, like, vice versa? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I know uh, I know where Kyle stands. Kyle has a saying. That, oh, yeah. Him and, women are, uh, him and women are, like, best buddies on this one, actually. Yeah, <laughs> no, but Kyle also will sometimes say that, uh, you know, it's not just defense making good offense, but good yes. offense can make yes. good defense. Long um, shots, bad shots, getting back, right? Right, exactly. You take a long three, bounces all the way back out, and all of a sudden it's a fast break for the other team. So, I mean, and we've seen that over the years, too. Uh, the Wizards, they take these like kind of plotting offensive possessions. They take a shot, a mid-range shot. Half their team's already back on defense, so you know, they've never really had a problem with defense before. Um, they're, they're a little bit more scattered this time around. Um, and it's hard to really track what's going on, but you see the difference on an individual possession level. Uh, I don't want to bring up the Lakers game yet, but when you compare a guy like Beal, who against the Cavs was staying home all the time. Uh, I thought he was phenomenal on defense, actually. Move, I thought he was move, outstanding. Moving around, I mean, was just really great on defense. Um, and then you see him last night, and it's the exact opposite. It's tough. Um, it's tough to watch. Oh, I think against the Cavs in general, I think there's just I mean, yeah, LeBron turned it over all the time and you're not he's not gonna have a Kevin Love was terrible time. as well too. I I need to mention that. He was really bad. And like it yeah, has to, yeah. like he was really, really bad. And I didn't realize that Kevin Love had averaged like twenty five a game for like five games going into that game. I, I hadn't paid attention to that. Yeah, he's been on a roll. Um you know, but if you give a team everything they want, they're not gonna really have bad games. Uh so the Wizards didn't give the Cavs what they wanted. You mentioned the Warriors, and then kind of aping the Warriors strategy. Uh, I mean, not every team is going to be as good as the Warriors, who are, last season at least, were the best offensive team in the NBA and the best defensive team in the NBA, and kind of bucked a lot of stereotypes about three-point shooting and fast-paced teams. So I, there was a saying a few years ago that the, the Wizards were the Warriors, except worse at every position. Um, I don't know if that's still true or not. Or they could have drafted every single it, player on the Warriors. I think that was the other one, right? They could have had every player on the Warriors. Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> I'm, sorry, I'm sorry for all your fans that, that know that. I'm sorry, Connor. I don't mean to interrupt. But keep going. Yes. No, yeah. I mean, yeah, what was it? Steph Curry was available when the Wizards traded uh, – Traded for Mike Miller and Randy Ford. I mean, who needs Draymond Green when you have the rice of Thomas Sadoransky? Like, who really needs him? Uh, uh, who really Adam, needs I him? It, I believe it's Tomas, actually. <laughs> Tomas, I'm sorry. And, and you know what? It's even more fucked up about this. Is I think he still could be a good player for the Wizards. <laughs> of course he <of> <laughs> 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 Like, Like, you're four. 
Like, like Draymond, Draymond's giving the All Star game. And give, you know, his team's twenty and zero. Things got like all this millions of dollars contract, but I'm still being like, I think, I think Sada, Sada, could still be okay. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean it's tough. It's, it's tough. It's never really about that one player, but it's about I mean, Connor, like, when you work out, when you work out, Clay Thompson and Kyrie, Kyrie Leonard, and you work out Yon Besley, I mean, you know which way to go on those three, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, yep. I mean, you make you make a lot of money. You make six figures in basketball, and you watch these three cats, and you say, you know what? Yeah. Let's go with the dude that can't shoot and jump, right? <laughs> now, to be clear, we're not talking about defense. I know, I'm such a dick. Basically, everyone right now is just like, oh, my God, like, I'm on the treadmill. I'm going to run a little faster. I'm, a, I'm, 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 stuck in my, I'm stuck in my cubicle. Like, I hate him that I know what he's talking about. Like, what, what a dick. But, like, let's just get into it. Like, Connor, you, you've teased it. Well, you, guess, you have more you, point? You want point? just jump in real quick. You have more point? You did mention that the the Wizards are 1-7 in, in games where they allow 100 points. Correct, correct. Uh, and so it was interesting because the Wizards are averaging under 100 points per game this season. Uh, they're averaging 99.4 uh, points per game. So if you allow over 100, that's going to happen. Um, other teams like the Oklahoma City Thunder, winning record. Um, you know the Clippers; they allow a lot of points very often. Uh, Hornets, uh, Cavs. You know they you know have a winning record. They're thirteen and five, uh, but they all score more than a hundred points per game. Uh, you know the Warriors; we've talked about them a good amount uh, in this podcast. They allow ninety nine about ninety nine point four points a game. Uh, but they score 115. So <laughs> like it's all Curry, right? Uh, the Wizards don't do either well anymore. Yes, um, I know. You know. They have a, a pretty poor differential at the moment. It's in it's in the minuses. Um, it's John, actually... it, John, that that one in seven thing is my most mainstream like stat because. Because the other ones I, I've repeated, like, the last three or four podcasts, which are, like, the efficiency ones, which are in, like, the mid-20s, which are really depressing. So I don't want to bring them back up again. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to some negative pixels, and then you can go on to the, uh, to the Lakers. But the, the Wizards have the 22nd. Uh, yes, worst. give it to me now. Give me the, give me the yeah, latest. The 22nd, uh, or 22nd best uh, differential right now, or the 8th worst, depending on what you think sounds better. Uh, at negative four point seven, um, point so differential. Their, their pace space isn't working. Their defense, especially defending three point shots, is terrible. Um, and I, I think just you know, in, in defense, otherwise, I think when you're able to make shots, you're also more willing to work hard, fighting over a screen, uh, contesting a shot, and everyone's you know ripping Wall's defense. But I think he actually has the best defensive field goal percentage. Um, he also has you know a, a contest percentage. Uh, of about like eighty one percent, which is up there with any wizard, uh, and he also has the most deflections. Who the, who the fuck is ripping his defense? Who, who's ripping his defense? People was like, he was called him like a little bit lazy, like not a leader. Um, I don't know if, if those are if, if if those are the exact words of, of say David Alger, but I know that yeah. people have been asking what's wrong with him. Um, but he also like leads the team in deflections by like twenty five. So of course, uh, yeah, he, he's doing what he what he always does, and I think you know. 
I think that the fingers have to be have to be pointed elsewhere. But one in seven, you know, when they give up more than hundred points, uh, because they don't score very well. Correct. Uh, they're scoring like they did when they were plotting uh, with the twin towers. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I think that explains everything. See, this is see, this is what I when I preface this whole podcast because I knew that you would give me some real. And correct me. Uh, give me you both would correct me because you're right. Like I don't really like to say this one in seven, this 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 stat because like I usually just talk about the efficiency. You know, points per possession to me is where all that really matters, right? The corner threes, the 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 percentages at the rim, right? Like to me, it's like that's what really kind of matters when you make these arguments, not just like oh you scored a lot. Well, no shit, you played the fucking Sixers. You scored 130 points. Right, that has no bearing on the next game. Anyway, but the thing is, like, we have teased it enough, Mister Connor Dirks. Uh, let me let me just start. Was that the most embarrassing home game in the history of the Wizards franchise? I've been there for Knicks games. I've been there for the Braun and Heat games. I've been there for Laker games. The Bulls, the Celtics, like. Even when I can think about the most egregious, the most egregious, like, fan stuff, right? Like, like I've been there for games where, like, oh, yeah, Carmelo, Carmelo got off. You know, like, oh, Rondo and Paul Pierce got off, right? KG got off on the Celtics. He got these boisterous fans. But, yo, bro, what I saw on the TV machine last night, Am I, am I wrong to think that it's kind of one of the worst things that I've seen in this arena in a long time for opposing fans? Talk me down from this ledge. I, tell me the real. No, I'm not going to talk you down. <laughs> I'm not going to talk you down. It's so bad, right? Uh, to me, it was like if you stack every Chick-fil-A foul shot screaming fan on top of each other over since they started that damn promotion, uh, if you stack all those embarrassments on top of each other, I'm not really sure it even matches what happened last night. It was, it was terrible in there. Uh, the <laughs> I was amazed. Honestly, I was amazed that there were so many people who identify so strongly with Kobe Bryant that live in the D.C. area. Bro, bro, um, they just lost the worst fucking team. Bro, I'm sorry to interrupt. They just lost to the fucking team that had won a game. They literally had just lost to a team that was 0-18. Yeah. Like, the teams I'm giving you, the things I'm bitching about, like, all those teams were, like, championship contenders, right? Like, they were in the playoffs. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they're into it. These motherfuckers are not into it at all. They're all in on the Kobe. Like, so not even Lakers fans, I guess, right? Because yeah, Lakers fans can't... Right? Am I wrong? Like, talk to me, Connor. It's funny... Because each, each team was coming at it from a different side. They, the Wizards were coming at it just beating one of the best teams in the NBA, and the Lakers were coming from losing to the worst team in the NBA. Uh, and with their powers combined, they brought out um, about, Kyle says 50% Kobe fans. I think he's about right. I mean, uh, <laughs> I, I was impressed at you know, the wide variety of Kobe fans that live in this city. Uh, but it was crazy. You know, people were very melodramatic. People were, you know, talking about the love in the building for Kobe. I heard people muttering. I heard when I was leaving the arena, there was just a guy running down the street screaming Kobe. Uh, 
It was nuts and very sad. Uh, the Wizards, I know that the story that emerged afterwards was that Wizards fans were booing John Wall, but I think I think that's an important distinction to be made there. Uh, you can usually tell... Who said that? Who said that? Who said that? That's the second time I've heard that this year. By the jersey they're wearing. No, who? No, I'm sorry yeah, to interrupt. Uh, who said this? If a person is a Wizards fan, if they're wearing a jersey. No, 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 but the jersey. No, 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 Connor. I'm saying, like, who's booing John Wall? This is the second time I've yeah. heard this this year at home. They booed him on Halloween against blah, blah, blah. It's like, yo, dude, it's all Knicks fans booing. Like, who was actually booing John Wall? Like, like, I'm not saying that you didn't hear boos. Right, it becomes where, like, the home fans are booing John Wall is where I just, like, I, I just don't buy it. Do you? Yeah. And, well, that's not what was happening. The home fans aren't booing John Wall. I mean, come on. The, uh... It didn't help, though. The Wizards kind of rolled out the red carpet for Kobe. I mean, they had, like, a little jump-a-con tribute to him. Oh, God. Uh, Can we get they, out? They, like, set him up in the interview room afterwards. Kobe thing is just, just was just an anomaly. And, and there was people online that were like, oh, yeah, I'm so glad Kobe is so great, which I was not glad at all. The Wizards were a 10-point favorites. And they need to be 500. John, you watch this game. Before I go back to Connor about what he saw in the arena, just your thoughts about this whole Lakers debacle of the Wizards. Well, I actually didn't. I didn't watch the game, but I do have some thoughts. Yes, that's even better, actually. Uh, Keep going. Do you guys see the Michael Jenkins uh, of CSN fame uh, take on the whole Kobe Stan arena filling? Was it, was it funny? I like Michael Jenkins. He's a funny he, dude. He was, he was really fired up. Uh, in the in the first, you guys should check it out. I, I found it on Facebook somehow. Um, but in in the first probably twenty seconds, he calls what happened in the Verizon Center that night an embarrassment. Thank you. He said that uh, the Verizon Center sounded like, and I quote, the damn Staples Center. And he called DC sports fans morons, uh, going on to say that either you support your hometown teams or you don't. Because uh, he wasn't very impressed that, you know, the Lakers fans were making so much noise and that they were in the building and that someone may or may not have booed John Wall when he was at the free throw line. Yes. Um, I think I'm, I'm with Connor here that you can clearly tell who's a fan of what team by the the clothes, the color of the clothes they're wearing. If they have a jersey, you know, draped over their shoulders. There were a lot of fans, uh, you know, I've seen from the screenshots who were wearing, who were wearing uh, forum blue and gold. Not Wizards red, white, and blue. Um, and, you know, he went on, and Jenkins went on to talk about how DC is a transient city, but then he was mad because he was saying that LA is obviously kind of a transient city too, New York City, and he was just kind of pissed off that when Melo comes to town, uh, the, the Verizon Center sounds like uh, Madison Square Garden. And when Kobe's in town, it sounds like the Staples Center. Uh, and I, I guess I kind of, I, I get his point but i kind of disagree that you have to support your hometown team especially when he talks about a transient city like you know i have been a root for the wizards uh often and i didn't grow up here so i kind of adopted the wizards um as a team because they were always on tv uh will not support washington's pro football team because they have a terrible owner and they're racist wisconsin so i get to choose my town team which is which is uh 
So uh, you're, 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 screwing, you're, you're screwing your, the pandering to my, you need to pander to the listeners, dude. You need to pander. No, 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 no. Keep, uh, keep, keep giving me the real, dude. Keep going. I'm sorry. I, didn't and I guess, I guess the, the final point, just cause you know, I didn't see the game. So my reactions are, you know, just an interpretation of what I saw on Twitter, uh, the highlights, the, the real anger and resentment from the CSN crew, um, and you know, I, I think the I don't I don't think there's any Wizards fan out there who would boo John Wall. I think everyone recognizes that without John Wall, this team would be terrible. Because when they haven't had John Wall, they've been really terrible. Um, so I think I think the people who, who you know saw it on Twitter that you know the Wizards, someone, a bunch of people in the Verizon Center were booing while John John Wall was at the free throw line. Um, yeah, that's what you do if you're rooting for the other team to win. Yes, um, yes. It, it obviously like picked up steam, and it, it kind of reminds me of. Uh, that Latina lady from like 2001 who said that uh, over in, in Patterson, New Jersey, uh, there are a bunch of like Muslims after the, the Twin Towers went down. She was, she was saying, she went on TV and was like, yeah, they were like cheering in the street. There were like hundreds of them. And then MTV came back to her like, you know, a bunch of years later, uh, asked her again what happened. And she was a completely different person. She was like, yeah, they're like 13 maybe kids 12, 14 years old, you know, they had some, like, sticks in their hand, uh, but there wasn't any cheering, they were just, like, you know, being kids, uh, so, like, you should just, like, watch out with the news reports, and obviously, you know, the mayor, the police chief all agreed that this did not happen, um, and yet, of course, Donald Trump goes on national TV, and, again, regurgitates this thing that he saw on MTV News, you know, 14 years ago, saying that, you know, he has to, like, build walls and, like, keep Syrian refugees out because, you know, Muslims were cheering when the Twin Towers went down. Uh, you know, one, I don't know no, why that's he's true, getting by the news way. as a presidential candidate from, like, you know, a 2001 clip from MTV. Um, but that, you know, that aside, I think this is just, you know, why there's a, a number of people who think that John Wall was getting booed because uh, they saw this thing on the internet at some point and just believed it there was the tweet. Uh, at face value. Connor, you were in the locker room. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah bro. Let me, uh, hey, yo, yo, let me yo, bro. Like, how did how did the Wizards players really take about uh, 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 East East uh, LA? <laughs> uh, I'm glad you asked because I was I was uh, fixing to tell you anyways. But so four players talked last night: um, Jared Dudley, Garrett Temple. Uh, Gortat and Walt, and all of them, you know, all of them kind of expressed a similar level of resignation. Uh, I mean, all of them also seemed mildly annoyed by it, except for Walt, but he's always, um, I, I don't know, I don't know how to put it, he's always uh, a little bit more glass half full when it comes to stuff Professional? Like that. But, yeah, professional. But... They all kind of just said, you know, you get a historic team, is I think what Temple said, like L.A., Boston, uh, New York, uh, or Gortat said, you know, Kobe's a legend, so you expected it, and, you know, we're all lucky to play in the city and, you know, contribute to his legacy. So you have varying levels of, of just kind of resignation. And, you know, Wall said it, like, yeah, you get some teams that come in here and it's a road game. And that's not necessarily a great place to be. I think it's probably frustrating for season ticket holders or 
fans who are watching on TV to kind of just see home court like that to a, a visiting team. Uh, and to have it happen consistently, I'm not sure it ever happens to this level. Uh, but, yeah, I think the mood in the locker room was more understanding than uh, I would have expected. Um, but you can tell, I mean, Gortat is always more candid than most. Uh, I think led with it felt bad. So it, I'm sure it doesn't feel great. And uh, Wall pointed out, though, that, and, and you could tell this sometimes during the some of the swells of cheering for the Lakers and Kobe, that there was at least a, a whisper of booze that would rain down as well, uh, fighting against that, that tide of cheers. So there were some Wizards fans in the house. Were you there for the red carpet? They rolled out for Kobe. Like both coaches talk, and when the coaches are done, then you go into the locker room and you know you wait for them to dress or whatever. Then you look what player you want to talk to, and you sit there. But the Wizards before this game had said that Kobe is going to be on the podium. That 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 Randy Whitman is going to go to. Were you there for that, Connor? Or was that just Kyle? side um, and then tried to catch back up to see if I could catch Kobe but uh, Kyle was in there and I approached but the room was packed full at that point and like you said the, the carpet was ruled out uh, it was kind of similar to what happened in Philly the night before I think but uh, a little less logical I mean Kobe you know, went to Lower Marion uh, you know, grew up after he was in Europe Philly to some extent, so that made a little bit of sense. DC was, I guess, just this is how it's going to be now for Kobe on the final tour. I know, right? Are, are, we, are, we, are we just catching? I'm sure that's great. Are we just catching the front end of the Kobe tour? Like, I think so. Well, Kant was like cheering almost in his comments when Kobe's in those shots. It was like, no, bro, like don't cheer for Kobe. I love me some Buck. Like, don't rip on Buck. Don't tweet Buck that I say these things. But it was true. <laughs> You're tweeting him? Well, no one was going to treat him. Like, well, someone else the other day said that he's not a real fan. He got really he got really pissed off. He tweeted back. I thought it was funny. Oh, but, wow. Yeah, he but, like, back. he was caught up in the moment. I get it. It was caught up in the moment of, like, oh, like, this is this generation's, like, Tim Duncan, Kobe. Like, who else? You know, once Kobe and Tim Duncan retire, I mean, that, that it basically, like, ends the odds, essentially, right? Like, a whole generation. Kevin, Gar- Kevin, uh, Kevin Garnett, you know, like those are the three yeah. players like they retire that that, that that basically take out that generation. Like I get it, but it's like, yo, bro, we're trying to be five hundred. Like, the biggest like, thing, McGinnis, right? The, the Lake, the Lakers this season uh, project to lose by and this is you know per Vegas third win, Vegas, right? Third win of the season. According to the Vegas odds, the Lakers project to lose by fewer points when Kobe does not play basketball. Uh, he's been that bad, like absolutely downright horrible. So maybe Buckhans just got caught up because the fact that Kobe was making shots at all was a miracle. I mean, he's been shooting like 30-some percent. Dude, his like, shots were terrible Kobe's. too, dude. His yeah, shots were I mean, like th- that's, what he's, that's what he's made a career out of. Like, he, he takes bad shots and he's able to make them at a greater clip than the average player. Um, and that's why that's why he's a superstar. But I think I think in defense of Wizards fans and, and any of you guys listening and, and gals listening, um, 
it, while you guys were talking, you know, maybe this is the reason why it was so jam-packed with Lakers fans. Uh, the night before in Philadelphia, uh, tickets in the upper level, so like right there sitting up in the rafters with the retired jerseys, were going for like 500 bucks. Um, so Wizards fans, you know, if, if I were in D.C., I would, you know, as a fan, I wouldn't want to pay 500 bucks to sit at the top of the 400 level. Pay that money to go watch a terrible Lakers team with a terrible Kobe Bryant. Like, the, the guy you grew up, like, trying to emulate or, you know, try to, uh, you know, buy every shoe that he came out with. Like, that's not the same person that's out there. And obviously he had, like, that crazy throwback game, which I think Buckhands got excited about. Um but, like, you, you know, if you're a Lakers fan, like, this is the last, you live in D.C., this is the last time you get to see him, you know, in the city you are, like, you're gonna, you, you might pay those 500 bucks, but as, as a Wizards fan, especially, like, casual, casual Wizards fans, you're not gonna go pay a thousand bucks, like, you know, one girl um, in Kyle's D.C. council was sort of pretty beat up that she paid a thousand bucks for A thousand bucks? Um, yeah. For what? Yeah. It's like, some people were doing that, but, like, honestly, that's not a very sound financial decision. Um, terrible decision. when the Wizards, like, should have should have just, you know, rolled over them. Um, so, should, should it should be, like, there's no, like, Kobe just gets interviewed in the locker room. Like, why does he get the podium? Is that just me being, like, bitching about meta bullshit? No, I love it. Yeah, he kind of likes it. Okay, 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 hey, hold on. Ready? You ready for the, you ready for the segue? Positive pixels. We're gonna end this shit on. Two, yeah, I have two more topics. I know it's late. We get we we have to sleep and shit. Two more positive pixels. Uh, John Wall back. John Wall back because John Wall was Mister All Star starter, uh, MVP guy versus the Cavs, and even the loss is the Lakers. This is not on John Wall. John Wall is fucking fantastic for Lakers. Connor, you start. John Wall back because I feel like this whole thing, everything we talk about, pace and space, defense, offense, is always about John Wall. And the identity was the identity. John Wall has just not played that well, but the last two games, he's played really fucking well. Yeah, and, and kind of in a, I mean, Wall is not a 34-point scorer every night. Um, but... I'm hoping that he's back. But 34 and uh, 10, dude. 34 and yeah. 10. He had 10 assists. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> no, he's fantastic. Yeah, I, I'm still a little concerned over the turnovers, but you know he had four in the first quarter last night and then only one for the rest of the game. And I think he's back mostly. Is he back? Yes, that's what I want to know. Yeah, I think he's back. Uh, Got to cut down the turnovers. I don't know whether the answer there is to slow it down a bit. Um or to just get more comfortable paying, playing at the speed they're playing. Um, but either way, you know, it's something that Temple mentioned last night, um, that a lot of the Wizards' turnovers have been live ball turnovers, where it's kind of, it's not like throwing the ball over someone's head on a fast break and it goes out of bounds. But within a play where you throw it and the guy gets a steal and they're coming back at your defense right away, uh those have been the kind of turnovers that have really killed the Wizards. You know, they, they, the Lakers scored 33 points off turnovers last night. So, that's right. not good. Okay. And uh, if they can cut those down, then, you know, shit. They'll at least get back to 500. Uh, and, you know, you got to hope that 
these things are going to coalesce, you know, at the same time. With the Wizards, it's there's one problem or, or another, at least the last few years. But if you know you cut down the turnovers, you firm up the defense, you get used to the pace, uh, and check off those boxes, then you might have a good team on your hands. If if there is if there is anyone that is more experts about John Wall, if there's any more people that have seen John Wall play, uh, is 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 the truth about it crew? John, what the fuck have you seen at John Wall this year compared to what you've seen in his whole career? I I'd love to hear your take. Yeah, I just I just feel like he's better when he doesn't think as much. I, I feel like <laughs> in the Cavs game, he was obviously fired up because I'm pretty sure he hates Kyrie Irving. <laughs> no, they're bro afterwards. By the way, I bind their bro-ness. I bind their bro actually, afterwards. <laughs> but keep going, I, keep I just, going. I just feel like, yeah, in that game, I mean, he was he was very aggressive. He was he was locked in. I mean, any, any driving angle that was there, he took it, and he would finish left hand, right hand, didn't matter. Is there a defender in the way? Doesn't matter. Is there someone sliding over? Doesn't matter. If he wasn't finishing, he was kicking it out to the right guy. Um, and I, I think where you really see that uh, those positive uh, positive really roll over are in his in his jump shooting because um, I, I forget what the the exact quote was, but uh, Connor had a great one about his jump shot that seems more. Um, you know, trained and, and awkward than like, you know, something, a natural motion like Beals. Um, I feel like when he, when he's thinking too much, it's, it's slower. Uh, you know, he doesn't get that, that gooseneck that you need. He doesn't get the lift on it. Um, and maybe, maybe it's just a big adjustment sort of learning an entirely new offense. Um, you know, new guys coming in, the lineups are still changing. Um, but I, I think I think you know, obviously again I didn't see the Lakers game, but um, you know, it, it seems like he's. So you've seen enough of John Wall this year, though, right? Compared to what you've seen at John Wall this year, uh, I mean, in his career. Yeah, I mean, it, it's obviously been a down year, but I mean, he, I don't think you can say that. Uh, you, you still know, he see flashes, though, right? Off, you still obviously. see John Wall flashes, though, right? Yeah, I mean, it, 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 he, he he's going to be fine. Um, you know, it's been a rocky start for for every player, um, including Otto, who's gotten absolutely shelled uh, by <laughs> you know some more athletic wings in the league. Uh, Beal got hurt. Nene, you know, may or may not be injured. I know he like walked off with a supposed calf, calf injury and then high fived um, a fan of the opposing team on the way out. Um, so so who knows? I, I, you know, there probably is still. Uh, cause for both lead guards to take their heads out of their butts um, and really focus in because the team's future and present depends on uh, the the two playing at essentially uh, close to or at an all-star level. Um, at this point, they obviously haven't done it. Um, but, you know, at least at least the games where, where John Wall you know, really explodes. Like, I remember there's that, that Grizzlies game where he scored 47 um, 49, I forget what it was. Yeah, in that game, he was just locked in. He wasn't thinking at all. He was just playing basketball and having big fun. And he was even talking about the need for him to get back to having fun. Um, but, you know, I don't think many people have fun when, you know, you're trying to crunch problems. Um, and, yeah, I think you just have to, like, find that flow and, and roll with it. 
It's funny you mentioned Otto. I know you've been a very uh, critic about, about Otto's pick. And uh, I was in Orlando, uh, hanging out with my family, and went to uh, Amway Center last Sunday night. I saw the uh, Magic play, play the uh, Celtics. This guy named uh, Victor Oladipo, which I know that John was very adamant that they should have picked before Otto. Is coming off the bench because Scott Skiles and Scott Skiles. He was really effing good. He still can't really shoot, and they can't all shoot, and that kind of works. And I think Skiles got some little scrappy thing going on, and they get shit out of Celtics. It, it was a really good game. By the way, the arena is pretty freaking awesome. It's a really nice place. Yeah, the arena's nice. Oh, it's so, nice. so nice. Great energy, clean energy. Oh, this, yeah. This has been true for a couple of years. Um, here's, I mean, my, it's a good comparison. Obviously, the Wizards didn't have a chance to take Oladipo because he was already taken. Uh, but it's not like Otto's been shooting the lights out either. He's been he's been pretty crappy from the field, also. Yeah, yeah. So the, um, see, but, yeah. I mean, he has he has put good stretches. I mean, I think his his finishing, uh, you know, with contact in the lane, uh, is is getting better. I mean, he just he doesn't have the the lateral quickness. Maybe I mean, he's, he's great in the open court, but perhaps the, the lateral quickness. Um, and just, you know, you can look at a guy like uh, DeMar DeRozan and Otto Porter. I mean, they both look pretty similar. They're long. But DeMar DeRozan can, like, murder a person with a dunk. Or, like, Otto, uh, you know, a unicorn can, like, grow wings in terms of... But, but like, I think... Weird, but I, think, I, think, I, think, I, think I think Otto's been okay, like, when he, like... Like, his, yeah, his, his, sure. finishing around, his finishing around the rim has been okay. And I think he, he has shot... Okay, early. With the last five to ten games, he shot very poorly, especially on open looks. Like, and I think that is that has been kind of the detriment of the team. But it's not like a glaring, glaring thing. But it's also like, yo, Otto, we got to step up a little bit, dog. He did go two for eight against the Lakers, over four from three, and he hasn't made a three in two games. And those are all like points that you know against LA, you know, could have sealed it. Um, Otto's ability to actually like take it to people, it's, it hasn't been as successful as we want. And I know every Georgetown fan that's listening to us is probably upset because we're being critical about Otto. But 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 Connor, I want to talk about big. I want to talk about Panda. I want to talk about Baba. Uh, uh, give me your take uh, about Bradley Bill this year. We just talked about is John Wall back, right? Like he had two really really like phenomenal games. What John was mocking earlier about the House of Guards. Which, like, I'm okay with that name. I do like Parkway a lot better. Not gonna lie. I like the Parkway. I like, I like, I like the beat of Parkway better. But, like, always been about Bradley's health, right? Even though, it's, the thing is about Bradley's health, which is really bizarre, is that he's, like, a Wolverine. Like, like something you're like, oh, God, oh, God, there's Bradley. He's out for the year. And then he comes back and plays the next day. And all of a sudden, it's like, Bradley, you don't even know what happens. And he doesn't know what happens, and now Bradley's out with a shin splint for fucking six weeks. And now he is in a contract year, essentially. And Bradley the money. Like, give Bradley money. He is he is balled out. He is young. He can shoot. And all these things. But when I look at Bradley critically, especially the last five to ten games, he's been very, very passive. And what upsets me the most about it 
is when he takes those long motherfucking twos, dog. And, and now when he takes the long twos, because we know how much, I, how we all hate the long twos, because, you know, we believe in stats and analytics. But when, like, he goes in the offseason and goes to his trainer, and they sit there and say, like, well, I'm taking less long twos. I need to shoot more free throws. And, John, how many free throws is Bradley Beal shooting? You know the stats. He's not shooting that many. Yeah, he has 3.4 attempts. Yeah, 3.4 attempts per game, which is a career high. when he does a step back to shoot a three. Like, like, you should do that. I should not be, like, excited when he does that. Connor, what have you seen out of, uh, out of Panda, like, Big Bow, this season? Because, to me, as much as we've been so critical of John Wall, right? Like, we're, we're in on, like, John Wall's been, been all-star John Wall the last two games, for sure. The difference really is about Bradley Beal. We have not discussed him, and, and before I go into my last topic... Thoughts on, on, on Bradley? So, I mean, first off, the Wizards are still a still a mid-range shooting team. I think they're they're still ninth in the NBA on those fifteen to nineteen foot shots, despite all the improvements. I, I've seen I've seen them run some some plays to Good to get Bradley three from behind the three point line, but I, I think Beal, you know, the issue with him is you have a night like last night and. I don't really buy this. Whitman chalked, chalked it up to him just, you know, hesitating and not just shooting it. He he can look really, really good. And I should preface anything I say by uh, by saying that I do think he's going to be an all-star this year or next year. But if he stays healthy. Yes. But he's... Yeah, a what a caveat. Big, what a caveat, dog. Pretty big conditional. <laughs> However... Uh, yeah, you know, you can look, uh, and I said this in the piece I wrote last night, you can look like that prototypical Ray Allen, Dwayne Wade mashup that, uh, I know everyone is, <laughs> is, uh, every once in a while excited about, and then you can look like the guy who got taken right after him in the draft, uh, Deion Waiters. Um... So, it, it's frustrating with them. And like last night, uh, his shot wasn't falling, and he didn't really find a way to contribute in other ways. His defense was lacking. He did come in and snag like one rebound that he probably shouldn't have gotten. Uh, but you watch Wall, and this is something that that you can't really criticize Wall about is when his shot isn't falling, he. He might get mad for a second, but then he'll go back and he'll try to get the ball back on defense. Um, Bradley pouts. Bradley still pouts. Bradley still pouts. Panda's got a lot of facial expressions. Bradley still pouts. Bradley still pouts, for sure. Yeah, he does still pout. Sometimes he'll catch him kind of hanging out in the corner uh, when his shot's not falling. And uh, the reason I mentioned earlier about that last play is that you know Lou Williams was all over Brad, but Brad wasn't necessarily trying to shake him free. Um, on that turnover by Wall. So, 
it's he didn't come to the pass. He didn't come to the pass at all, right? Right, right. So it's funny with him. I, I do think that uh, John's right. You know, he still needs to figure out how to get to the line. He's so good at it. And but then you balance that off with <laughs> I don't want him to get hurt going to the line. And it gets hurt so damn often um, that it's frustrating to watch him sometimes. He's got one of the best strokes in the NBA. Looks great shooting it. And is one of the best three-point shooters in the league. And the Wizards should be having him take you know, six, seven, eight three-point attempts per game. Uh, I'm not sure he's there yet. The Wizards aren't there yet. Uh, and he's got to get to the line. I mean, he's big. Uh He's a great free throw shooter. <laughs> yeah, he's got the threat. You know, Bradley Beal pump fake means something. Because he can hit it from pretty much anywhere on the floor. But think about uh, this. The like, Irish fan like, oh, yeah, he's really good in the playoffs. I heard he gets hurt a lot. Right. <laughs> he hasn't had a chance to really build momentum because every time he gets going, uh, he ends oh, up. Oh, yeah, he was games. going. Uh, yeah. He had a great start to the season oh, this year. Oh, God, 25 um, a game, yeah? You know what I mean? Yeah, really. I mean, he looked like an all-star. He looked like a, like he was going to be a star this year, for sure. Um, and he got injured, and now he's, you know, you can say, I guess, he's working his way back into, into uh, a groove, but I don't really buy that. It's just, he has the ability. He can do it more often than he has been. So, my main issue is... <laughs> It's like, he basically embraces all the criticism, like, every single thing we've written about Bradley, right? For the last two or three years, like, yo, bro, like, you need to stop shooting those fucking 20-footers. You need, you, need, you need to shoot more threes. You need to get the line more. I'm not talking about his health. I'm just talking about, like, analyzing his game in, like, a way. And then he actually says this. Bro, Drew from, from, from St. Louis. You're talking about that. Yes, exactly. They all went analytic. Yo, man, like, I need to stop shooting these shots. I need to do this. I need to line more, blah, blah. And then when I, when I watch him do exactly the opposite, it drives me up. First, this is what he did all summer, is what, what, what drives me nuts, which it shouldn't. It shouldn't, but it somewhat does. Uh, we're going to... Anyway, we'll table that because this is not going to stop because Bradley will still take 23 footers with his foot on the line. I'll still bitch about it. But one more, one more take. Well, um, yeah, you know what's funny is. Yes, keep talking. Adam, you, uh, you hit on something. His, his, uh, his most frequent shot is less than five feet. He's got 52 attempts there. Then the next one is. 43 attempts from 25 to 29 feet. Those are three-pointers. And then guess what's next? The old 15 to 19 feet. Oh, God. So many, so many, so many of that. Where's the percentage? Where's the percentage on that? Where's the percentage on that? He's shooting a killer 38%. 38 fucking percent, dude. Are you fucking serious? 38%. And the thing is, so he's arguing, he's arguing, he's arguing. It's an 8% improvement. 8% improvement. We at TAI, just to be clear, we don't hate the mid-range shot. We we are against mid-range shots that don't go in, 
And quite frankly, the Wizards have a bunch of people who love to take mid-range shots that don't go in. What up, Drew Goody? Scott is one of those people. Beal is a horrendous mid-range shooter, and that's why we always rallied you know, against the mid-range offense that women were running because they took you know, the most in the league and they were shooting them at a terrible clip. That's not good offense and it's not good coaching. It's not good strategy when the whole point is to outscore the opponent. So, 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 how good is it, Beal, at three points? Is actually the point, right? John. Beal is really well, a lot better, right? Yeah, he's, he's like 30, this dude's like 37%. Yeah, obviously he's one of the best. I think by the numbers this year, he's like 37.5 percent from three. So, if the percentage is both equal, obviously you want shooting the shot that's worth an extra point uh, per attempt, you know, if he does make it. Um, Another three-point shooter. Uh, I have I have talked about him with multiple people. Basically, just said this said the real about what I thought would happen, and then the real happened. His name is Martel Webster. Uh, the, the the team. Everyone listen to this. Uh, was, yeah, yes, yes. I'm coming to you first, Connor. He he was waived for for an injury, which is actually. He gets his money. It's good for the team. I don't really want into that. Go listen to the other podcast about what's up. Well, what I don't know about it, you, Mr. Connor Dirks, is that you have you have talked, you have been around, Mr. Mr. Martel. What's up, bro? About Martel? Uh, you know, I'm sad. Uh, he uh, that first year he had with the Wizards was really special. I know a lot of people have kind of railed against the contract that he ended up getting. Uh, but I thought it was fair at the time uh, when you compare it against the other guys who did what he did that year. It's just uh, too bad it didn't work out. Kind of suffered through injury after injury after injury since then. But one of the that year, uh, people forget that was the year when he his first year was the year that the Wizards started the season off. I think 0 and 12, and were just not in good shape. And he was positive during that, but emotional and candid, and really kind of helped change the culture around. Uh, the Wizards of old had candid and <laughs> open players, but they uh, they weren't the right kind of candid, I guess is what I'm saying. There's a balance there, and Martel um, let guys like Wall have fun, but also uh, was serious about winning, so I, it's just... It's tough to see him not on the team anymore. I was hoping for the best. I was hoping he'd get it back to his old form, or at least become a role player on the team. Um, and too bad it didn't happen, but glad he keeps smiling. John, uh, your experience of Mr. Mr. Unveil the Wizard. Yeah, I don't, I don't have too much to add. I think I think Martel was a special player for the Wizards, um, and and really gave a lot of the young. 
who is is a born leader. Um, I, I think he has a, a really positive energy, and you know, personally, I'm excited to see what he does uh, in in the rap game. Because uh, you know, I think at this point, definitely be oh, yeah. injuries. Um, you know, his his rap game is better than his hoops game, and you know, it's great that obviously he has many many millions of dollars. Uh, which allows him to do whatever he wants, and you know it's cool that he has a, another passion. That uh, you know you're re- you're retired a long time in sports, so it's, him at least I'm happy that he has something else um, that that keeps him occupied. So you know he was he was definitely one of the best quotes in the locker room. Um, you know up there with Gortat, uh, you know Gilbert Arenas probably. I never had a, had a chance to talk to him, but um, I think he was a really strong positive influence for. For the team and the locker room and the franchise, and um, you know, he he was the type of player that, if healthy, any team would want. So, so what was your most? Uh, anyone have a Martell story for the people before before we uh, close this out? Shooting 85, 86 percent. 
What should be concerned about this game? Tell the people. How many more games? Yeah. How many more games, John? No, no. How to be concerned? Hit along. Like this is who this is who this team is. Yeah, I know, I know, bro. We should be concerned. All right, all right. We we're gonna leave this on the people. 